Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hello. Cameron Spann. Hello. And no guest. No guest. Just the voices in our heads. zippity doo da. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a, kind of a fun episode. There's been a hot show that just ended. And so we're going to try not to give any spoilers in this in case you haven't seen it. But we are talking about Succession. Mm. If you've not seen this show, it is, it's awesome. It's on Max, I guess now. It's not mm-hmm. HBO. It's still going to be HBO to me. Mm. HBO is still a channel. It still airs Succession. So yeah. it, it is technically on HBO as well, but you can stream it yeah. on Max. But I mean, the reason why, it's like, okay, why are we talking about Succession? Well, <laughs> Succession is money mm-hmm. and it's the family dynamic and it's about, you know, transitioning wealth from different generations and just the business structure. There's so much financial things that happen in this show that are great examples of what to do and what not to do. It's a great show. You've got the older boss man who created this empire and he is harsh and violent and just, uh, he's made an empire for himself. And then you have his bratty kids Mm -hmm. who want a piece of the pie and they think they deserve it. And they end up going to war over this company. And uh, I love the show because it is so fast paced and witty. And the dialogue reminds me of Aaron Sorkin shows. You know what I mean? Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And it's, we were talking about this show earlier and you have a bunch of great characters that are like, everyone can kind of like find their favorite. But the thing is, none of them are good. You like find your... (laughs) What is the least bad? Yeah, the least bad. And so uh, actually our list for this episode is ranking succession characters from least to most despicable. And this is from Forbes. So this is not necessarily ours. And uh, in fact, some of the comments on here, we're going to read exactly what Forbes put on here. But I already know I'm going to disagree with a couple of these because... There are some people that like, I do love, they're my people. I love them. I love the first two on the list. Well, why don't you start? Okay. First on the list, I guess the least despicable would be cousin Greg. Greg? Greg Greg is a hapless navigator of this world of the rich and famous, but he has hidden depths. He knows enough to protect himself when he's asked to dispose of evidence. He's not willing to stab people in the back to keep his own skin safe. And while he's clueless about nearly everything, he does at least want to do the right thing, even if he doesn't always have the courage to do the right thing. Yes, so... He's like not in the end circle. Yeah. So he is Cousin Greg. So Logan Roy, the big bad guy, his sister, this is the sister's son. And he, I think it's episode one, season one, he is working at the theme park. So this big conglomerate, they have a theme park just like Disney. Mm -hmm. And I think he was one of the mascots. Uh, I think he came over, hung over, threw up inside the mascot head. So he's just kind of this this kid, lanky kid. I don't think he could hold a job. And somehow he ends up as a, a big part of the succession crew. From the beginning, you feel like, okay, yeah, this is just kind of the guy like trying to slip in here. But then he's he's always there. And I think one of the best relationships <laughs> in this show is with him and the next character on this list. Tom. Tom Wamsgans. Wamsgans. Yep. So uh, definitely Greg and Tom are buddy-buddy. Their conversation on this show is amazing because it's just... <laughs> I mean, everybody's like at each other's throats being ridiculous. And then the two of them are just like kind of a comic relief a little bit. They just throw out random stuff. Yeah, they are. Tom is so mean to Greg. Tom is just, okay. So Tom, what the Forbes list says, Tom comes off as a shallow bully at first. And then as a bumbling doofus out of his depth. And occasionally as a massive, petty middle manager, desperate for approval. I mean, so Tom is with Shiv. 
mm-hmm. the daughter that we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, he's the he's the son-in-law. He's of... the son-in-law. He, nobody really likes Tom. Hey, boy, does he shift allegiance at the end of the series. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> okay, they rank Connor Roy as the next least despicable. Um, he's the eldest of the Roy children. Uh, Connor is also the least awful of the four. <laughs> I would agree. Sure, he's basically useless, having never worked a real job or had any real responsibility coasting on his father's wealth. But he's also kind. Uh, He is a genuinely nice person who isn't always trying to one-up everybody else all the time. He may be astonishingly empty-headed at times, but he makes up for it with a heart that's at least partially intact. (laughs) That's accurate, because I feel like he's like, come on, guys, like, it's okay, like, don't fight, we can do this. He's the most chill of them. (laughs) So Connor is played by the actor who played Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm -hmm. And Connor eventually wants to uh, run for president. So Mm -hmm. he is just, like it says, coasting on his father's money, and no one takes him seriously. But at least he's nice. Yeah. Mm. He's a good guy. He's getting a little bit of taken advantage of from his lady friend, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I got a good one. I love him. Next on the list is Roman Roy. Roman is the youngest of the Roy kids. Uh, so here's what it says He's actually pretty business savvy. He has good instincts, coupled with a willingness to learn, and a surprising well of humility. He's much better at it than his sister, who lacks both instincts and experience, or his brother, whose experience can't make up for the lack of instincts. Roman has it all, and he's always willing to play ball with his father, unlike his siblings. I think Roman is absolutely unhinged. You never know what he's going to say next. But I love him, because this is Macaulay Culkin's brother, and we, it's, he's not obviously as big, well-known, but I mean, he, he's just incredible in this role. And I think Roman, Roman is one of my favorites, actually. I really like Roman. But the next one, my girl, Shiv. <laughs> <laughs> I hesitate to make this comment because then I'm going to read what they say about Just her. Do it. <laughs> Somebody has said that I kind of remind them of Shiv, but Th- I don't. Who, Katie? Who said that? <laughs> we're, we're not going to say that. Um, actually, pretty sure Daniel agrees with it. I did change. You know, you have your icons on HBO, like for your logins or profiles. I changed his to Tom and mine to Shiv, and he's like, "Who did that? Who did that?" And I'm like. Me? <laughs> I think you just need to own the Shiv thing. I'm, I'm I like Shiv, yep. personally. So sh- this this is what Forbes says, is uh, Shiv only pretends to have values. At the end of the day, she's only looking out for herself. Not only is Shiv self-centered and callous, she's not all that bright, and her business savvy is even worse than Kendall's. I don't agree with that. I think Shiv is a female in a world with all these, like, crazy, headstrong, unhinged, ridiculous men. She is constantly always trying to prove to her father that she can do this, and she's always been cut short. Hence, if you go to um, one episode where she is talking about her dad and how she just, she was just trying to live up to what he wanted, and she has a very interesting relationship with Tom. I don't really think she likes Tom at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, their, their relationship is sometimes, I guess, a convenience thing. I don't really know. And uh, she does not take Tom seriously. And that kind of bites her in the butt. I disagree with this description. I think she's the smartest of the siblings. I, I, she knows what she's she doing. She got blindsided a few times, but I think she's she's definitely smarter than Connor. I think smarter than, yeah, she's smarter than all of them. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. Okay, next on the list is Kendall Roy. He (laughs) interrupts everyone. He's wildly impulsive. His God complex makes him act deranged. And he's almost as disloyal as Shiv, barely spending time with his kids, using women and discarding them just as easily, and spending most of his waking hours plotting ways to stab his dad in the back. 
I hate that they're comparing them because I feel like, yeah, Kendall is always like, screw you, dad. I hate you. Mm -hmm. And Shiv's always like, dad, I'm here. I want to do this. I want to be a part of this. What can I do? The boys are stupid. And then Roman's like, daddy, he's got daddy issues. Yeah. He's he like, wants to please him however he can. Yeah. Roman, I think all of them want to please him for the exception of Kendall. And Kendall's just like, I'm better than you. Yep. Screw Kendall. I don't like Kendall. Mm -mm. Wrapping up our list is the daddy of them all, Logan Roy. Logan Roy is a vile, selfish, manipulative, faithless scumbag who only cares about destroying anyone who opposes him, who uses people like chess pieces, and who thinks of human beings as economic units, but he makes for one hell of a great antagonist. I agree with that description perfectly. Yeah, it's interesting what how his brother describes him. Oh, yeah. One of the final episodes. And one of the yeah. final episodes, how he describes his brother, and it's just like, it's an accurate description, but it's not very nice. Mm. And it's kind of one of those that you think about the fact that I'm going to give Logan some grace because Logan has created this incredible empire. He has had to have tough skin. He's had to, you know, not just play nice the entire time to get to where he is. So, yeah, it's come across as selfish and manipulative. And, um, you know, like Shiv talks about the fact that they would all be outside his office when he's working when they were kids and that their family dynamic has always been crazy. And probably in Logan's mind, he's sitting there thinking, I've provided for my family. I've provided for all these people. Yes, I wasn't there as like that loving, doting father, but I created this for you. And then his kids, you know, go and screw that over. So I like Logan too. I feel bad for him. I got to say, it's one of the coolest theme songs for a TV show yeah. that I can think of. I can't even remember the theme song. Oh, I, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's and like, the opening it's like a, credits. Yeah, it's like a classical hip hop song. It's mm. awesome. So what is Succession? You know, we, we've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but it's definitely a, a fun show. It is one of those. It's not a light and frothy. It is, in my mind, kind of a true look of what some of these families are like. Like whether it's, you know, the, the Roy family was a fake family, but you probably could take some of these other big empires and their family dynamics may be very similar. Mm -hmm. Because as in the finance world, we talk about the fact that there are people who create these empires, create wealth, create all of this, and it's supposed to be generational wealth or, you know, a mm -hmm. generational company. And a lot of times that generation that's, you know, watched all of this, they've rode on the coattails of their parents. They've gotten all the lavish things. They've become spoiled brats and they don't appreciate what that person had to do to get there. And that's why then it explodes and the money's gone and it doesn't make it to the next generation. Whether we're talking about, you know, the Roy family or, you know, Kennedy family. I mean, so many different families out there that are real. There probably is some elements of this and it may not be that it's the direct children, but it could be a crazy, you know, cousin that comes into the equation or an uncle or an aunt. But money does bring out ugly sides of people. And when you're talking about businesses and I mean, it's going to bring out that side. And so that's kind of very fascinating to see that the whole show mood is very dark and you're not going to like, you know, have belly laughs and just have like, you know, happy moments at the end of it. But you're really going to be like, oh my God, all these people are awful. They're all after each other. Mm -hmm. But it's from the business angle. It's, it's true. It's, it happens. This is unfortunately the way people get to the top sometimes is on top of other people. Yeah, it shows how cutthroat the business world is, at least for like the, the highest tier executives and the big businesses. Yeah. So uh, 
I'm going to hold off on the recreation of Kendall's rap and for a little bit, because yes, as a, you know, Cam, I think you said Kendall's kind of unhinged and just all over the place that, or you said Roman was, but they, they both kind of are. Everybody's unhinged. Yeah. Everybody's unhinged. But Kendall does do a rap at some random, you know, nice event for Logan. I think they're honoring Logan and Kendall just decides to get up and like, let me talk about my dad. And then just does this ridiculous rap. But we're going we're gonna to wrap in a minute. So themes and lessons learned in the show Succession. Number one, family dynamics and a well-focused business empire. We just talked about that for sure. That I would say, even if you are a businessman and you have a small business and it's not you know a Fortune 500 company, you then need to... One of the questions that I know we ask is, what's your succession plan? Hence the name of the show. What is your succession plan? Who is going to take over when something happens to you or when you're ready to retire and step out of the business? Because if you just enable the next generation and don't have them working in the store with you or understanding the day-to-day or understanding what you had to do to get to this point, then it's you're going to almost have to give it to an outside source or it's just going to die off when you die, which is sad. Yeah, you two have worked with David on a succession plan in the past few years, right? Oh, yeah. Lots yeah. of them. <laughs> and it's really important, like you were saying. I mean, if you don't have a succession plan and something happens to the leader, it's got to be chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The succession plan is something that's never going to be set in stone. You 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 have to you have to manage it and massage it as, as the business changes around you. So when we started back in 2017, uh, drafting uh, the first succession plan that I was involved in, um, Kay wasn't even working here. So Kay wasn't even part of that succession plan, but things change. People leave, people come, people go, you know. I mean, it's kind of like your, your wills or your financial plan. It is something that needs to be a living, breathing document that you adjust as things come about. Cause obviously, you know, I wasn't in this business, so it would kind of be weird for David to say, Hey, Katie, take the business. And then I walk, you know, I could picture this like, okay, something happens to him. Heaven forbid, hopefully not. But, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years from now, something happens to him. Mm-hmm. And I walk through the doors and I'm like, what's up, y'all? And y'all have no idea who I am. I know nothing about the business. And then what do most people do when they know nothing about a business? They come in and try and shake stuff up. Mm. That's not cool. Clients would not like that. Employees would not like that. So that's not a good idea. But because I've gotten in the business now, that's changed the dynamic. But you're absolutely right is as you know, times change, as situations change with all the key players, it's going to shift. With succession plans, with whether you're looking at your current business or you know family business, whatever it may be, it should never be a popularity contest. It should never be trying to make somebody happy. It should be what is truly the best. And it kind of goes with like power of attorneys and how um, you know you may you may love your spouse. But if they're not necessarily the best person for financial, you may not want them to be your financial power of attorney. You may want your brother-in-law who is in the finance world or something like that. With things like this, you are allowed to have a reason on why you pick it. And it's not that you're not picking your favorite child or something like that. It's who truly can make the business run. And obviously that was a big issue with this. Uh, the Roy family is who was going to take over. And he almost, I feel like was testing several of them and trying to see who could step up to the plate. And of course, you know, Kendall constantly keeps stabbing him in the back. So, but then like, Oh, I'm sorry, dad. I didn't mean to stab you in the back. Please, please, please pick me. And then it's like, Oh no, stab me in the back again. Like, (laughs) dude, come on. (laughs) If you were Logan, which Roy child would you have be your succession plan? Just out of curiosity. Shiv. 
Yeah. <laughs> I only watched up through like halfway through season two and I haven't gotten any farther than that. So I don't know how the dynamics change with all of these characters uh, over the course of however many seasons. How many seasons are there? Four? Four? Four. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how things change over the course of the latter half of the show, I guess. But, you know, I like Roman. And I, do, I agree with a lot of what they said about Roman, that he's got good instincts. He's actually got some decency in him. And he, I think, would probably make the best decisions if given the opportunity. What about almost like a hybrid of like an advisory that they have such stipulations put in place that each of them are a part of it in some way? And it has to be working together so it's not just one person. Because I, I, as you say that, I'm thinking about that. Yeah, Roman was kind of the balance where Kendall and Shiv were at each other's throats at all times. Roman was the one that was very level-headed. I think he would need the support of Shiv and Kendall, but, you know, Roman may not be bad. It's kind of the face and more of the heart, the devil and angel on your shoulder that he can kind of be like, hey, guys, we're, we're getting a little too crazy. Like, Jerry's awesome. <laughs> Love her. Man, I'm so torn with Roman. Uh, he is absolutely unhinged, and he, remember the, the picture he sent and everything? Did you see that episode? Was that I, part? Okay, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, he's <laughs> just a rich kid, and he doesn't make good decisions, but at the same time, I love his allegiance to mm -hmm. his father, and I think if he could harness the good, he would be a great leader, but I don't know if he has the capability. I th Shiv is my number one, but believe it or not, Kendall's not far behind. At the end of the series, I really liked Kendall. Yeah. Again, it's choosing what is what is the least <laughs> evil here. They're all pretty bad. Yeah. One of the last episodes I watched was season two when when Kendall like goes on a bender. Oh yeah. 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 yeah he he is on a roller coaster <laughs> that show. I forgot. Well, so then that goes into the next lesson. You know, so we talked about the importance of succession planning, the dangers of greed and power struggle. Money will change people. That mm -hmm. is so true in the fact that if somebody knows that they possibly can get inheritance, that they can possibly um, be a part of a business, it's going to change who they are. They're going to end up doing things that they well, never thought they could or would. One of the most common things that I hear from parents coming in to do estate plans is, Oh, our kids will never fight like that. <laughs> It'll be fine. We trust them to do the right thing and behave. And then, you know, 20 years down the road, parents are gone. Kids start fighting. Kids start fighting over the money. I mean, it happens so often. It's And it's, it's sad, but it's true. If you have a significant size estate, they're going to want their share. They're going to want their fair share, and they're going to immediately start assuming that some other sibling is trying to screw them out of their fair share. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't always happen, but it's common enough that when parents tell me, oh, our kids won't fight, I usually just say, still, we're going to have mechanisms in there in your last will and testament to make sure that they can't or they won't. It's better to have it in black and white and so that there's aren't any questions about it because it's like, Cam, I know you have great relationships with your siblings, but even if it's not even like a power struggle, it's just more of an emotional moment of like, hey, if something ever happens to your parents, who is who is going to be the one that is going to be making the decisions? That's me. So, I mean, that's like... I'm the executor, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm the only boy. Mm. But, yep. It becomes like a wrestling match uh, when a large sum of money becomes available. And estate planning is cool because it helps alleviate some of that. Can you imagine if you didn't have an estate plan and this large sum of, sum of money became available? It's a free-for-all, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you all see the stuff going on with, I mean, the continued stuff going on with the Presleys and how, you know, with Lisa Marie passing away and then Priscilla trying to sue the estate of Lisa Marie. And then now I saw that Riley, her daughter, yep. is now taking over. And so it's just, it's making things worse when it should be like, hey, no, this is black and white. This is what it is. This is what was said. 
no questions asked, boom. Mm -hmm. Because money does change people. Money changes everything. Okay, so the next one, the impact of public perception on business success. That's absolutely true of if the media is saying one message, that whole cancel culture situation, really. Mm. It's like you've got to, and this, there's another one on here of the impact of company culture on decision-making processes. So many times during this show, they have you know, a scandal that they're having to then try and alleviate you know, mm -hmm. pressure off of that, direct to a different area. And I mean, that that's true. It, it happens. If you've got a bad review or bad press or bad things like that that happen, you've got to immediately pivot and, pivot. <laughs> and uh, change the message, go a different direction. Instead of that, I think the fact that Roman has had some very unhinged moments, like you worry about, are those pictures he sent on, are those going to surface? is some of Kendall's like bender moments, are those going to surface? Because look at how we view politicians and how we view our celebrities and things like that. We put them up on such a pedestal that they have to be 1000% perfect and never have had anything wrong in their past. And if they do, we're going to exploit the hell out of that. We're going to make sure everybody knows and we're going to judge that person's character and in fact, then judge the business. And so if Logan passes away and... Kendall steps up and then all of a sudden there's pictures circulating of Kendall doing cocaine off of a hooker, then <laughs> everyone... Katie, it is... We are recording this on a Monday. <laughs> it's barely noon. We're talking about hookers. <laughs> but that's that's going to uh, change people's opinion of the business, even though it has nothing to do with how the business is run, how Kendall is paying the employees, how he's taking care of the business, running the charitable organization of the business. None of that really matters that he at one point had a bad day and a picture was taken of him, but it does matter mm -hmm. because then people's opinions are changed. Absolutely. And it sucks that, you know, mistakes you make in the past can come and bite you. But think about, you've seen movies, you've seen things of why politicians and different high level business executives try and, you know, look back in their past and figure out, you know, what's out there and I mean, we've all kind of made those jokes of like, ha ha, well, when I become president, like, make sure those videos never go anywhere, make sure those pictures never go anywhere. And it's a joke, but it's true. And it goes back to the greed. Your best friend that was standing right next to Kendall when he's, you know, doing the cocaine and he was doing cocaine with him. If somebody offers him a bunch of money for that photo, oh, mm -hmm. Kendall who? I don't care about Kendall anymore. Mm -hmm. Here's your, here's the picture. I get all this money now. And so that's kind of, again, full circle back to, oh, my kids will never fight. They won't do anything. Put them in the right situation. People change. 100%. Okay. The next lesson on here, the role of communication and transparency in business success. Communication is important, but I also think it's keeping your circle closed and how with the Roy family, you know, he had his key executives, he had his people mm -hmm. that he went to for things. And then you see throughout the show, you know, Kendall ropes his people up, you know, Greg and Tom are thick as thieves and they kind of work together, but there's all these secrets and all these, you know, people are not communicating with each other, what's happening. And then that's where you see like people jumping to different groups and yeah. And like communication is always important, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Again, I can only make reference to the the parts of the show that I've seen, but early on, I don't know if y'all remember, but in, in the in the first season, basically Logan isn't around for a while. I mean, you I, you you don't see him, and then Kendall basically screws some stuff up, and 
Logan catches wind of the fact that Kendall's gone and messed some stuff up and is like, you know, he basically steps in and, and take takes back over for, for want of a better way to put it, where Kendall had been doing everything. And that's really kind of a long way for me to say that probably a lot of the mistakes that Kendall made in that first season wouldn't have happened had there been more clear communication. Yeah. A successful succession plan. How many times can I say that? Should be that you literally plop one person out and plop the other person in and everything still runs smoothly. It should be that things like that that person is armed with the where the bodies are hidden. What's the proper thing? How do things need to run? It's kind of like I tell people back when I was planning weddings and events and stuff that I want to be your mind and your brain on your wedding day. I want to know what you want and what you don't want. So when something comes up, I can act on your behalf without having to bother you. And it would have been as if you were the one making the decision because they've given me enough information that I feel empowered to act on their behalf. That's how I feel a proper succession person should be is that they are armed with the information or they're armed with the correct, you know, dream team around them that can make sure that that dream team around them can help get this new succession person up to speed, make sure they know what's going on and that business keeps running mm. because that is the biggest scare, you know, and we saw it in the show, markets react when CEOs pass away or step down. And so it's as a business, you have got to make sure you give that confidence of, no, we are still moving forward. Like when Logan had the, um, was it a heart attack? Is that what he had early on? Can't honestly remember. But he something where he ended up being in the hospital yeah. and like, then they were trying to make sure they weren't letting it get released that he was in the hospital and trying to make it known like, hey, things are going to still run okay. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as too much communication. No fuzzy details. <laughs> and if you've got those clear details, then it helps from screwing mm -hmm. up. Okay, so importance of company culture. Succession highlights how many company cultures can impact the success or failure of a business. We talked about that. The Roy family's culture of greed, manipulation, and disregard for others. you It's kind of the old phrase of you don't burn bridges because you never know when that's going to come back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said this a lot to people recently is that even if... You know, so in our business, if somebody decided that they wanted to move their accounts out, like we've had a situation where somebody passes away, we're managing their estate mm -hmm. and then say that, you know, one out of the three children, they want to take their money away. They have their own advisor. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to manage that of totally fine. We'll help you do this. And because you never know if we were to be a turd about it and be like, no, like we can do it better. Like we've got this, like, then it's going to send a message and put a culture out there that we're difficult to break up with. We're difficult to, I mean, not, not that I want people to break up with us, but it's that kindness, I guess. You never know when you're going to be faced with that person again, and it's going to come back to bite you in the butt because you were so terrible to that individual. And I think the Roy's definitely have a lot of people that they were pretty terrible to. Mm -hmm. And it comes right. back. Can you imagine being their PR team? Oh. What a nightmare. <laughs> Crisis management day in and day out. Yeah. And always constantly wondering like, okay, what kid's going to do what yeah, next? Yeah. And just managing snobby kids. It's like, what are they, what's going to come out of their mouth? What are they going to text? Yeah. What are they going to tweet? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's, you've got to keep the integrity of the brand. So, um, you know, the importance of creating a positive and inclusive company culture. I feel like that whole uh, culture at that company was very much on edge of 
who's going to get like so many people got fired so many different times, Mm -hmm. but they were so used to it that they're like, okay, sure. And then like slowly walked away. And then before they could even throw like the first thing in a box, it's like, you're not fired. What are you talking about? (laughs) Don't, don't be that person. Don't be that toxic culture. Okay. Financial management succession emphasizes the importance of financial management and control. Yeah. (laughs) You need to make sure you, you got your finances in order. Duh. Yeah, um, I think that, again, early on, a lot of the mistakes that are made definitely are money related. And as a matter of fact, I think the the very first episode, it kicks off with them in a potential, it, was it a potential hostile takeover or? There's been several hostile takeovers that have been brought up. There's been um, potential lawsuits mm. against their cruise lines and things that were being covered up. And brought up about like blackmail and stuff like that. They've had a lot of shady stuff thrown at them. And, you know, the the other one on here is the focus on profits and returns at the expense of ethics and integrity, Mm -hmm. which, you know, there is definitely a moment where there's a lawsuit up against them and Shiv goes and tries to intimidate one of the witnesses. (laughs) Again, money will make you do crazy things. And not that's where you need a really you do need a really good PR team that is kind of like your sounding board of like, hey, I'm about to go do this because I think it's going to help the business better. Just so you know, in case this gets out, like I need you to spin it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Don't um, worry, Cam. We're not going to start doing that here at Pickler. Bring it on. (laughs) The next bullet under this heading is the importance of following ethical financial practices (laughs) and the impact of unethical practices on the business's reputation and profitability. Obviously, we build our reputation around the fact that we are uh, a fiduciary. We are looking out for the best interests of our clients first and foremost, and that informs everything that we do. That That is a massive part of our culture overall. And you're dealing with a little bit of a different situation with succession in that you're actually dealing with shareholders. Yep. And when when you're dealing with a corporation that has shareholders, you're ultimately answering to the shareholders and um, you start doing things that are financially expedient. Um, that are that are easy, that are going to put up the fewest number of barriers to successfully being able to report back to the stockholders that, hey, we our earnings were this, we were, we were this profitable, you know, you're getting a dividend or what, you know, whatever report you're giving to them or you're, the, the value of your stock has gone up because we've, you know, increased the value of the company and our stock price has gone up, whatever. Ultimately, you're you're looking at financial motivations for what you do and how you do it. And, you know, obviously that's that's not necessarily the best thing to look at. Well, I mean, even people in our industry, like, you're going to get caught. Have, have you not seen, like, Wall Street or, like, yeah. any of these movies? I mean, it's not just Hollywood. Like, you will get caught if you are unethical, if you are not in the best interest of your clients. Like, it's going to come back to bite you. So just don't do it. Like, mm. it's not worth it at all. Okay, so... um. <laughs> I do want to go back to this rap. It's ridiculous. So Kendall, they're honoring Logan and he decides to get up. He's dressed in his suit. Looks like he's about to be really proper. And then he has like a DJ. He's like, we got this sick beat. Uh, He takes his button up and his jacket off. And he's got like a, it's almost like a throwback basketball type jersey. And it's like L to the OG. And I can't read some of the lines because it's not appropriate for Bullcast. (laughs) But I just think it's hilarious because talk about the PR nightmare. 
Kendall is up here. This is a room full of people. I bet the PR team was sweating. Yeah, that are on her. And that's what I actually watched the first part of this clip. And as he's taking the jacket off, Shiv goes, is he about to strip? What's happening here? And Roman's like, oh, yeah, let's see what happens. Like, they're feeding off each other because, again, it's kind of the dumpster fire of, like, we knock him. I mean, you almost picture above their heads, like, okay, this person's out now. Okay, now they're back in. Okay, this person's out. Like, they're constantly fighting against each other, the ultimate sibling rivalry. But he's rapping along to Beastie Boys, an open letter to New York City. And so he's singing it about his dad, born on the North Banks, king of the East Side, um, racking in loot, but king's my daddy, like Logan, big ballin' on Hampton's time, L to the OG, do be the OG, A1 rating, 80K wine, don't get me twisted, father of many, paid all his dues. So he is literally telling all these people like, yo, daddy's like high up here because he's done a lot of stuff and he's been cutthroat and now he's rolling in it and y'all are giving him this prestigious award and i've just like tainted the entire thing <laughs> it's funny if nothing else just go and youtube that and logan is just like staring him down like what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> like what is happening of course then i like think about the fact that david was national school board president and his inauguration party was in california and so like we had to bring the tennessee to california and my cousin Lee and I, they were do, we were doing karaoke <laughs> and him and I got up there, Lee and I got up there and I put my sunglasses on so no one would know who I was because I didn't want to embarrass dad because we did big butts. So like, I'm like, oh, did dad think like I was acting like Kendall and I was embarrassing him? <laughs> no, you're Shiv. <laughs> exactly. I'm Shiv. It's fun. Okay. Questions and opinions to kind of wrap up this fun little episode. Who is your favorite character on the show? I think we kind of talked about that a little yeah. bit. Tom, but we didn't talk about Jerry. I really like Jerry. I like Jerry, the, too. The in-house counsel. Oh, is that is that a woman? woman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember her. I did like her. And her and Roman, they have a very interesting relationship. Yeah, yeah. They do, for sure. And it's um, their mother is very interesting. Yeah. Because she's British, and she's just very, like, cutthroat. And you can tell, like, I kind of feel sorry because the mother is very, like, hard on all of them. And then you've got Logan, who almost looks more comforting than the mother. Yeah. Because she is just like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you weren't loved. It's okay. Who is your least favorite character on the show? Uh, again, limited experience here, limited knowledge, but I really hate Kendall. Yeah, I hate Kendall. Oh, I'm trying to think of some other characters in the show. Greg was kind of annoying to me. I oh, didn't like Greg. I I didn't like Greg. I think he like he just I don't know. He's got annoying towards the end, I guess. For least favorite, I will go with Logan. We're not talking about like acting or anything. He's amazing, but just the character. character. Just, just brutal, like painful to be around, painful to watch the way he like treats others. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw one in here. A character that didn't get enough recognition. I mean, I know we already mentioned Jerry, but she's still really high up. Like, I'm thinking of, um, like, Logan's brother, the girl that older son is with. Oh, I have an answer for this. Kendall's wife and children. Yeah. We never see them. I don't think he sees them. They just exist. No. And that's, I mean, that's some cutthroat of it, you know, the end when they talk about how the correct heirs and that whole dynamic. Okay. I mean, I could talk about succession all day long. Obviously it's got a lot of great messages in it, but kind of want to just throw a fun one here to you. And, um, I'd love to talk about some of the spoiler stuff, but I guess we'll be appropriate and wait at least, you know, several months before we go into the whole how it ended and our opinions on that. But mm. 
that's succession. Hopefully you learned some fun lessons on how to uh, take advice from the Roy's and to not do things like the Roy's. One of the things that I have done is I have um, used succession when I am describing other television shows. So like, for instance, when I first got into Yellowstone, I was like, oh, it's it's kind of like Succession, but on horses, you know? But I also remember when Succession first came out, I was talking to my, my mother-in-law and she was a fan of the show. And I said, you know, this was early on in the show. It, you know, it had not been, I don't think even the full season had aired yet, but I made the comparison of the Roy family to the big, rich, family that happened to be on the tip of everybody's tongue around that time that succession started because Mr. Daddy Trump was president of the United mm-hmm. States at the time. Oh yeah. And uh and I was like, you know, these kids, they they remind me of Oh, I'm sure there's some elements yeah. that you could switch Donald Trump to Logan Roy yeah. and Ivanka to Shiv and yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And Eric to Kendall or Roman. I don't know. Like I don't want I do not say that I just compared those people because yeah. that would be a whole other dynamic, and I do not want to touch the Trump family. So. Yeah, no, we're, Sorry, we're definitely Trump not going to discuss the. <laughs> we're not going to discuss the Trump family, but I did find that I, I, I was drawing comparisons between the Roys and the Trumps when I was first watching it. Like I said at the time, I mean, it was at the height of everybody knowing and talking about everything Trump all the time because he was the president. Okay, well, this was fun. I guess we need to probably wrap it up. Well, what do you know? There's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, or Cameron, we have bios on our website. You can go to our website, check us out. That website uh, address is bullcast.com. Is, what is our, what is our website? <laughs> Bullcastpodcast.com. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. You can uh, drop us a comment, uh, suggest a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, or suggest a guest if there's somebody you'd like to hear us talk to. If you like pictures, boy, do we have pictures. Our Instagram handle is at bullcastpodcast, and we also have a Twitter handle at bullcastpodcast as well. We have a Facebook page that is Bullcast the Podcast. Finally, we have mentioned that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what it is we do, more about our amazing team here at Pickler, and more about our boss, David Pickler, then please feel free to go to that website. That is www.picklerwealthadvisors.com. That is advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you plenty of instructions for how you too can go forth and be merry. So for now... I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Shiv. I am Shiv. No, I'm I'm Cam. You're Tom. Yeah, I'm, I'm Tom. out.